Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to a special edition of a PGA DFS Picks podcast with my buddies Ben Raza and Eric Lindquist. We are here to talk about the Corrales Championship. Had a little bit of a weird start to the week with the match play. First, it's already weird. And then, of course, it gets even weirder with moving up tee times an hour and just not being prepared for that. Uh, no one can really be prepared for that when that happens. Not even really sure why. It looks like maybe some weather coming in the afternoon. But still, we are going to jump right into Corrales talk. We're going to give you a couple of picks uh, in each of the price range to help you out with your DraftKings lineup. And then, of course, give you a top bet at the end if you want to get a little sweat on. So right up at the top, Ben, I got to bring you in in this because when's the last time we saw two Belgian guys named Thomas as one, two on the board? I mean, you and I talk about them quite a bit, but this is definitely a first. Yeah, this is a first, probably a last, uh, but that's all right. I mean... This is my kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, the two, two promises from Belgium, you got Peters, you got Detry, and then you have Grio who we'll get to in a second. And I think the overall thing, it just speaks to, uh, you know, let's be honest, the lack of depth in this field. This is an opportunity for some of the guys over in Europe who have come over or some of the, uh, you know, middling tour players to really rack up some big earnings and, and some big victories here. For sure. Eric, if you had to pick one of the two Thomases to start, which one are you going to lean to this week? The more seasoned veteran in Dietrich or the more volatile Peters? Uh, well, I like the volatile Peters. I mean, for me, all my memories of him go back to the Ryder Cup in Chicago where yeah. he kind of busted onto the scene, uh, was was kind of like the starlet uh, for, for the European team. Uh, broke his finger, kind of had some issues here. I would say he's basically had so much unrealized potential being the Belgian bomber that he's known to be. Um, I, I really like the name recognition there. I'm not sure where the ownership's going to land, but Dietrich obviously 25 to one over at the DK Sportsbook. So I'm, I'm happy to go to that direction. Uh, I, I like uh, his profile. He, we know him a lot more from the European tour. Uh, same with Peters for the most part. But uh, yeah, I, I like I like both up top. It's just hard to differentiate. Again, this field is is something else. So I'm I'm going to lean Peters, but I I wouldn't mind either direction. You want to roll with Jonathan Bird? Maybe Peters could get you in a good amount of lineups on DraftKings. But he is rather difficult. I think the 25 to one odds that you mentioned over on the sports book there. I think that's actually a might uh, be a better way to go about Peters, especially if you're betting through the board. So I think a more an easier start. Six hundred dollars may not seem like that much, but Ben Emiliano Grillo loves these island events. I mean, he may not have a win here yet in one of them, but he continually puts himself into contention at least showing he's probably one of the at least upper echelon of this field. No doubt about it. I mean, you just mentioned uh, he likes these coastal tracks. He's coming off a miscut at the players, but he missed on the number. And listen, that's 
a totally different environment. Sure. Look what he did at Puerto Rico. He was 11th. Look what he did at Mayakoba. He was eighth. He's got a long history of being able to handle these events. And in a field like this, as the pricing reflects, he is one of the favorites. So this is an easy step up for him, a class drop. And I do expect Rio to play very well. Yeah, I, I do too. And we've got a couple of other, I'll call them seasoned veterans, actually starting to play a little bit better as one of them, Charles Harrell, Eric. But Charlie Hoffman has actually had a really quietly good season. And I don't know if he's qualified for the Masters quite yet, but uh, certainly get him in for the first round leader bets there. We've seen that a couple of times. But anyways, back to Hoffman. He is playing well. Is he too expensive for you here though this week? No, I, I think he's kind of one of my main targets up top here. I mean, three top 20s in his past four events, uh, two of those being top 10s. Uh, in a weaker field, somebody that uh, can obviously, uh, if he can spike just a little bit of a putting upside, hasn't been chipping the ball as great of late looking over the last six weeks. Uh, his strokes gain approach, though, uh, been fantastic, gaining over five per per event. Uh, I really like going his direction and in, in kind of this price range in the 10Ks. Uh, it shouldn't be too terribly difficult to fit like two of these guys in together as well uh, up in this range. And what a shocker. Ben Rasa recommends Emiliano Grillo right <laughs> off the bat. Love, love to see that. And want to thank Monkey Knife Fight, the sponsor of our golf programs here right now. Their player props-based contests are available for the Corrales. So go ahead and check it out. Of course, more than just Corrales, the NBA, UFC, esports, and soccer. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the website. And you're going to use promo code AWESOMO on your first deposit. You're going to get $50 uh, for free. So sign up today. Check out their Corrales Championship player props-based contest. Pretty fun. I'm looking at them right here right now. Charlie Hoffman's in one of them, so check that on out. All right, let's move uh, down the board here. I think we talked about everybody. I'm not really that interested in Charles Howell. You guys can stop me if you are. But as we move into the next range, we've got kind of a, a blend. We've got Nate Lashley, Brandon Hagee, and Sam Ryder all playing pretty well. Johnny Vegas, he plays okay. Then we've got Danny Willett not playing well. Tom Lewis made a cut. You guys have a lean. Of course, there's the Brandon Wu factor that, Ben, if my hot take comes alive, He's going to win this week, so I'm going to have to try and bet that. Of a pen, where are you starting in the 9K, or are you skipping it after starting with Brio? Yeah, I would tend to skip it more often than not, just because I think Eric kind of alluded to this. The pricing in these weak fields, you have a couple players up top, but then the 9s to the 8s to the 7s, even to the extent of the 6s, is somewhat interchangeable. Um, and so I look at these guys. There's some talent here. I mean, Brandon Wu did not get it done last week, but oh. – Certainly has some pedigree and you see someone like Hagee who's playing pretty well, but these guys, they're a miscut or two away from being in the sevens here. And I I think when I look at that, there's a pretty considerable drop off. So if you had a line on a guy, you want to stick with Ryder, you want to stick with Vegas or something. I I think it's totally reasonable, but you're paying a premium for what I think is not that much more uh, equity across all formats. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Eric, uh, Brandon Wu, is playing great golf, but seems to be missing cuts in hard events. This shouldn't be a hard event. This should be a pretty low scoring event winner somewhere around minus 18. Yeah. I'm again, interchangeable. Like I, I think because he's going to kind of just gain a little bit of the name recognition. I'd rather go to another direction above or below Danny Willett, somebody that's kind of reassembled his golf game. Uh, if it weren't for the 77 that he had in the final round uh, over at uh, I believe it was Bay Hill. Yeah, he would have looked yeah. a lot better. Yeah, the Arnold. Oh, yeah, Bay Hill. So I, I feel like he would look a lot better on paper than he does um, just simply from that one event. Uh, going a little bit further down, I like going underneath Wu to Brandon Hagee, who we did see put together a final round in that event. Yep. 
event uh, or at the Honda Classic to the 66 that got him the second over there. Uh, also a bomber. I think bombers tend to do pretty well in this golf course. 76.50 at sea level. Yeah, there's humidity, which should help out a little bit, but the rough isn't very penal here. I, I like kind of targeting some of these guys who bomb it. And, you know, he's, he's basically very at, at the complete top, uh, top five in this field in driving distance. So I'm, I'm happy to go Haggy's direction. Seems like he'd be a good course fit here. Lee Hodges, a guy playing in the Corn Ferry Tour along with Brandon Wu. So the top 10 from the Corn Ferry Tour money list last year get to play in the alternate field events. Lee Hodges is one of them. Three straight events where he's come in the top 15. Eric, I'll start with you. You know anything about this guy? Uh, I know a little bit, but um, not maybe as much as I should. We're certainly going to learn more. Yeah, I know him from data. That is about all that I, I can really say about him at the moment. Uh, there's, there's really nothing in terms of his form because he hasn't played in enough of these events, yep. just kind of looking through his, his track record on the, on the corn ferry fine played in Puerto Rico, uh, played competed there, got a 13th. Yep. So I, I like clicking the name just in terms of somebody that has also played a coastal golf course similarly. Uh, but otherwise I, I really don't know a ton about him outside of, uh, yeah, what we've seen in those couple events guy that I think, um, is playing pretty good golf. In fact, he's made five straight cuts. Maybe one of those was in a uh, no-cut event or what have you. But Nate Lashley, also a winner here back in the 2017 Corn Ferry. That was web.com event. Uh, ben, if you had to play somebody in the 9K range to match up with Griot, if you were going aggressive, Nate Lashley up towards the top, or would you pick one of these other guys we already mentioned? No, he would be towards the top. But okay, this yeah. is a guy that, you know... I. I never really thought, you know, it reminds me a little of Adam Long. You know, he had some success and I expected it to be like, wow, never saw that coming. And we're not going to hear from this guy for quite a while. And he's credit to him. You know, he's hung around and he's played well at at times and get really hot with the putter. And certainly, I mean, when you look, he's making cuts and, and having some good finishes in fields that are far stronger than this. So I think that's a totally reasonable target. And that's where I come in just to echo this Lee Hodges He's probably a, a talented player and whatnot. It's just hard for me to click a name like that when you have established professional players. And I'm sure Lee Hodges will have his chance and he may be very good. I just, Nate Lashley is only $400 more. That is probably where I would go. Yeah, I think so. And I think that ownership probably shakes out relatively even uh, in a field like this. So, all right, when we move into the 8K range, getting into a little bit more players uh, that it's going to be volatile. You've got players like Justin Sue, $8,700, has not gotten starts recently given the schedule. He's had to basically try to Monday qualify. He's been close in a couple of them. 14th here, though, kind of started his run and kind of started his, okay, maybe he is good at golf again. This was about five months ago here at this event. So I do like Justin Sue. He is the first name I am clicking in this range. I think that Will Gordon's also kind of targets in that talent pool of this part of the the salary board but i don't know that it's a great event for a miscut here when he tried uh, a couple of months ago so ben uh justin sue is is anybody else going to be first uh in this range for you um am i giving justin sue too much credit no i i'm interested to see where you guys go with this i i think that makes sense and these are the type of guys um you know five months six months for a guy like justin sue or will gordon could mean a lot uh they're rapidly developing and, and that's something you know, I have a feeling Eric's going to speak to with these guys where it's, you know, the game can turn like a light light switch. And I think that Sue has turned a corner there. That's probably where I would start in this range. 
Yeah, it looks like he hasn't missed the cut in quite some time uh, for Justin Sue. Even if he hasn't maybe paid off 35 and 37 in a field like this, Eric, is going to be okay, especially if he puts together some birdie streaks. Yeah, agreed. Uh, For me, though, I'm probably going to go on the Will Gordon side of it. Again, I'm going to kind of just lean on Bombers. This seems like a pretty wide-open golf course. I know Graham McDowell's a pass winner here but he yeah. also rode one of the ridi- most ridiculous putting streaks that's kind of the the really loud noisy part of breaking down this event is trying to figure out where kind of some of these putting stats are coming from because it seems like good putters do kind of rise to the occasion here i don't know if that speaks to the past palum which is like past palum excuse me the grass type here it reacts a little bit like kakuya they have it in kiowa i was looking at like rory mcelroy i was trying to do my work here for you guys 2012 <laughs> rory mcelroy over at sea island just was talking about how it's a grass type that he really liked it was reacting well for him there um they they brought it in uh for this tom fazio design so it seems as though like guys who are really good around the green also elevate a little bit over top of it but so do ball like bombers just do well here because they're they're just able to hit it as far as they possibly want it is a longer golf course they're able to take advantage of more things it's wide open and the rough is not penal so will gordon who absolutely thrashes it off the tee uh i believe uh top two uh, within driving distance over the last 75 weeks here. I'm going to go that direction. Yeah, I think that makes sense. A couple of more names down at the bottom. Ben, you and I have gotten to at least a couple of times this year. Chase Seifert coming off a very good finish. Bryce Garnett also coming off a pretty good finish. Bryce Garnett also has pretty good history here as well. So I like both those names at 8K flat. Other names in this range, Sepp Straka, Lucas not playing well. No, I mean, they're probably towards the top in pedigree in this field, but their form is pretty erratic. And there's several guys, Bryce Garnett probably highlights this, that when you look at their recent form, you look at their stats, the events that stand out are are these types, Puerto Rico, Mayakoba, uh, these coastal tracks, weak fields. You know, some of these guys to stay on tour, they have to, you know, take advantage of, of situations like this. And you see them do that. They kind of have a course type and they can be aggressive here. They know how to play potentially with wind. So when you're looking at flat 8K, this is what I was alluding to earlier. Is there really a, a $1,500, $1,600 difference between Bryce Garnett and some of those other players? I, I would say no. No, probably not. Eric, uh, anybody else in this range? Uh, again, Corn Ferry Tour guys. Steven Yeager is playing well. Grayson Sig not playing well. Taylor Pendrith kind of in the middle. Do you like any of them or anybody else in the 8K? Patrick Rogers is a guy that I randomly click the name of a lot. I don't like myself for it, but has shown the ability to compete and spike random upsides in events. Had a 12th at Genesis. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a mark for him. All these, these Southern Cowboys, I can't help myself. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Uh, there is draw to certain types of players, uh, no doubt about it. So, all right, uh, let's uh, move down here into the value play, which obviously starting with Grio. Even throwing in, say, Griot and Justin Sue, if that's where you really want to go, you're going to have to go into the 7K range quite a bit. And maybe towards the top end, certainly like some names. When is Joel Damon going to play good again, Eric? It's got to be this week, right? If it's ever going to happen, it's this one. I don't know. He's He's been pretty darn bad. One missed or uh, one made cut in his last seven events. I, I don't know. I, I've seen a little buzz around his name. I can't go that direction. That's going to be somebody to think if he's going to be popular, if, we're going, if people are going to be going there as we're looking at ownership. I think that there's an easy off uh, going to either down to Vegas, 100 bucks or at the same price. J.B. Holmes, a little noisy final round at, at Honda. 
Um, otherwise, you would have been looking at him being somebody that everybody's relying on would say, oh, he's a phenomenal course fit and everybody would be clicking his name. So I'm pretty sure that that's kind of the direction I'm going. Peter, you line instead, Ben, or is Joel Damon going to be clicked at least once or twice? Yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem. You can bank in a field like this. I think you can blindly back some pedigree and certainly Joel Damon when he's in form is this price in Wells Far, you know, Quail Hollow type courses, not this, but form does kind of trump that in, in some ways. Peter Uline's another coastal track guy. Don't mind that. Um, Pat Perez at 74. Not oh, no. playing particularly well, but again, oh, no. that, yeah, not that right. again. Not After that again Bermuda, at a coastal track. We are back. It's amazing. Like I just, you know, it, it's a situation with some of these guys. You're, you're trying to create that balance of, you know, am I picking the name? Am I picking the form? Am I getting a blend? Uh, I think the sevens is where you see that more and more with some of these players. Obviously some, some pretty important starts for guys like Steven Yeager, who guys, I, I'm not going to lie. I saw on Twitter, you know, trying to give lessons in Tennessee to put more money in his bank account over that COVID thing. So uh, obviously he was struggling a little bit and you hear some of those stories that it's not easy on the corn Ferry tour, especially when there's no golf to be played. So obviously a big week for him. I think that uh, he's played pretty well here, made three or four cuts. So interested in that name in 8,200 as I kind of move back up. But the other name I want to mention, 7,900, Tyler McCumber, guys. He almost won this event, if I'm not mistaken, and he's playing some pretty good golf this year. Um, can I get either of you to buy in, Eric? Yeah. He's I'm, another I'm one at, of the California guys, right, if I'm yeah, not mistaken? I, I, I believe so, too. Uh, you know, with a with a decent enough, yeah, three three of his last four cuts. Yep. Happy to try to take some shots on him there a guy who can hit it far as well. So I'm happy to go that direction. Yep. Uh, Ben, uh, same thing with you. Are you okay with McCumber or uh, would you rather drop down to say Lucas Herbert, Air Bear, something like that, who also (laughs) profiles as a guy that hits the ball very far and at 7,400 might present a little bit better value. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, McCumber's playing much better than I would have anticipated in fields that are much more difficult than this looking at what he did in the Florida swing. Mm. So I, I don't mind that. I, I still think that, you know, depending on the opportunity cost that you take up top, I have no problem going into the mid sevens instead. So it, it's really just a balance. I wouldn't sacrifice a ton just to get to him. But if I landed in the, in the high sevens, I would have no problem clicking a guy who just made the cut at the players in the Honda. That's certainly a, a, a key data point for this type of field. Absolutely. Eric, uh, Lucas, uh, Erber, I just mentioned him. He made the cut at Honda last week. Then there's a pair of Harrington's Scott Harrington, who is actually playing pretty good and has a very good record here. And then Padraig Harrington, you know, maybe not the Ryder cup captain, uh, but three names I threw at you. Can, will you be playing any this week? Probably not. Um, I, I, I don't know. Harrington, he showed up, I guess I saw some coverage of him on the weekend um, at the Arnold Palmer so maybe like again just he's sitting in the mid sevens whereas before he was somebody who could play at 6k in an actual field event i'm probably going to go a different direction Uh, i think that there's other upside that can be captured elsewhere but would it surprise me if Padraig harrington went out here and played well no uh it's just that kind of a spot where am i am i going to play somebody who's not really striking the ball that well over the last six weeks giving up three strokes uh t to green no thank you yeah, uh, Ben, as we move down this like low, say 7,500 and below range, I said Air Bear is kind of one name I threw out there. Ventura, another name. Vincent Whaley, kind of a guy that is playing well here, played well at Puerto Rico, is a good putter. 
we're stretching here at this point, but he's a name that I clicked a couple of times. I mean, again, same formula, 23rd at Mayakoba, 15th at Puerto Rico. Bingo. Those are the two starts that really stand out for him. Now, I don't think you need to go there, but if you're MMEing and you're building an actual player pool, that's the type of guy uh, that you're going to look to. You know, Kelly Kraft is down there. Um, Ventura, you've mentioned, Bo Hostler. There are names, but again, these are, it's very, to me, indistinguishable. You're, you got a lot of names. You can't play all of them, but you want to look for small edges. Zing Zun Jang interested, Eric. He's got a couple of good starts here. Or how about the other names that I mentioned? No, probably not for me. Uh, Bo Hostler. Again, we're just going to ride the Southern Cal narrative. I, yeah. I got to be clicking his name a little bit. He has got the most established amateur pedigree out of everybody there. It's just not found his footing on tour here yet. I, I don't know. I know the kind of putter that he can be because I've witnessed it in person, and it's very frustrating how good he is at it. So uh, if you were to spike an upside this week, that would be very fun because I'm sure I'll be over the field like I am every week on him, which sucks. Uh, it happens. We all have our guys. I totally understand. In that low 7K range, Graham McDowell is also there. I didn't mind clicking his name um, when I went down here. A couple of other guys when we go now into the 6K range. It gets it gets thin pretty quickly. A guy that has popped up this year and played well, not playing well right now, Robbie Shelton. I've clicked his name. We know about the pedigree from Andy Ogletree. I think it's a fine event. We know Ogletree struggles off the tee. He's probably not going to here, so I don't mind it. Hank Lebiota, he's made a couple of cuts here. Ben Martin has as well. So, Ben, I know we're, we're really stretching, but did you have to go down here in any of the lineups you made? And if you did, who were the names that you clicked or maybe the name? Yeah, I, I, I don't think you... You certainly don't have to go down here, but if you're trying to capture certainly one of the premier guys and not take a very balanced flat with the other five, you're going to need somebody. And there are still some names here. I mean, you mentioned Robbie Shelton. You can go pedigree with Ogletree, of course, but then you've just got, to me, like kind of tour regular guy, you know, Justin Hadley, Ben Martin, Lebiota, JJ Spawn. Uh, Again, are you going to play all these guys? Brian Stewart? No, but they have shown that they can compete in these type of fields. So uh, what you want to look for is maybe some splits with coastal tracks, maybe some guys that can get hot with the putter and, and kind of go from there. I think that's really your best shot. You don't want to go into the low sixes. That's where it really gets ugly. Jonathan bird is probably one of the last guys that I clicked. Maybe a bit of Sebastian Kaplan, Eric. Uh, you can talk to some of the guys Ben did or give me some lower price than 6,400 that you clicked. I, I can't imagine there's many though. There are definitely, this doesn't happen often, but there are some names here this week that I don't even recognize. Alex Cheka is a guy that I probably am going <laughs> to yeah. click once yeah. or twice, just because I would probably <laughs> kick myself if he were to go off in this spot. But that's kind of what you're looking at uh, is there's a couple of guys down here that you're just would be kicking yourself if, if they went off for me guy. Uh, one, one guy who's going to get a shout out. Who's been absolutely atrocious this year, but Chris Baker, my former college teammate. Got to click that name once or twice as well. But otherwise, in this top 6K range where it's actually realistic to be playing a couple of these guys, Andy Ogletree had to withdraw from Genesis, which is a bummer because, you know, a smaller field, he would have been able to, to have an opportunity to kind of get his pro career going here. We know that he can play some golf. Like he showed it at Georgia Tech. He showed it at the USAM. I'm happy to go to that direction just as he's getting going. You want to be early. You want to be first to the party. Uh, and I, I would be happy to get there today. Yeah, uh, me as well. I'm going to click his name a couple of times. Uh, So I think we've given a pretty good amount of names. We will end this off with just our top bet. So if you don't want to get involved with the DraftKings options or FanDuel 
or monkey knife fight. They've all got contests for the Krause. If you don't feel like getting involved, you just want to do a bet. We have compiled our best bet of it. So I guess I'll start off. I have a hot take from last week. It is Brandon Wu to win. And actually, I think we're getting decent odds now. The odds of almost everybody in the field have drifted. So I'll start with that one. And I'm going to back it up with a Justin Sue top 10 as well. I really think this is a good track for him. The place that he struggles with is accuracy off the tee, but he's so good on the greens. I think it's a great spot. He showed us 14th a couple of months ago when it should have been better than that. So those are my two. Wu to win, Sue to top 10. Uh, Eric, I'll go to you. Uh, if you want to take a shot on Tyler McCumber, I like him 50 to one. Uh, I think that that's kind of a, a good profile for him. I, I like the number. I already said 25 to one is something that I'm interested at in D tree as well. Yep. Um, however, from a DFS perspective, just curious what that ownership is going to get to, because I think in Euro PGA, it seems to be peop- uh, somebody that uh, a lot of people like to play and he's been pretty darn good of late, probably the best, uh, the best current form out of everybody in that top end. Uh, besides maybe a little bit of Charlie Hoffman, who's who's been spiking some upside in the last four weeks. But uh, I like Dietrich as well. All right, Ben, we'll toss it to you for the last one. And then next week, it's back to a normal week. Valero will have our normal content, no crazy hours. It'll be a little bit easier. Then we get the Masters, which is just fantastic. It's crazy. But Ben, why don't you send us off into next week? Sure. Yeah, we got to – I mean, certainly I think that if you're going to bet – one of the favorites, I would go with Griot for obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, that's my guy, and I do think he's in a good situation. One guy I want to quickly throw to, though, Chase Seifert is 50-1 to one to win. And coming off what we saw last week, he's playing good golf. Uh, this is the type of field that I think if a guy like him is going to break through, it, it, it's in an event like this. So if you're looking to splash, I think he's a worthwhile shot there. Again, 50-1 to one is pretty good equity for, for a guy who's playing really good golf. They go three around that 50 to one range with Seifert, McCumber, and Sue and Wu. So love that. Well, thanks guys for joining the PGA DFS Picks Pod. We got it out there for the Corrales. That's going to be starting tomorrow. Pretty early on in the morning. So make sure you get your lineups in. So thanks everybody. We will see you next week for the Valero. Cheers. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.